Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. The one and only Joe Borelli is with us. He is the Republican leader of the New York City Council. He is the sage of Staten Island. A man who knows many things about many things. Mr. Borelli, always an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure. How you doing? I'm doing good. It is great to see you. Great. You, you look healthy, Buck, as they say. Yeah, you know, I'm trying. I'm, I'm a Florida man now. And uh, I will say, the weather is nice. It makes you soft, although you have to be really fit here. So it makes you soft, like, to temperature-wise. But then again, you know, I probably should like stop eating carbs entirely if I want to fit in with the Miami set here. But tell me this. I, I actually want to dive into how are things going in uh, in good old NYC these days? Like what what's the latest with the the mayor Adams? How would you grade him at this point? How's it all going? 
Well, I'd give him a pretty low grade, um, but the irony is that uh, if he were to lose in uh, two years from today, uh, 2025 is the next mayoral election, if he were to lose, it would only be to someone attacking him from the left, and that would be even worse than the current situation we have now. How is that even possible? Like, what does it take for people in New York City to figure out that having homeless people defecating on the streets and 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 stabbing people with uh, you know whatever they have at hand and and rising crime and all this stuff and the subways being unsafe and people getting pushed in front of trains, what does it take for the libs to to be less crazy in in my hometown and your hometown? How does this happen? They don't get less crazy. If anything, they just get more entrenched in their bizarro world. Uh, and you see that mostly in Manhattan. You, you, you see this less frequently in the outer boroughs where regular salt-of-the-earth New Yorkers live. And I'm talking about black New Yorkers, Hispanic New Yorkers, Jewish people, Russian people. They're all starting to shift. But the epicenter of the problem is Manhattan. And I'll give you a great example. I mean, uh, Alvin Bragg is the uh, epitome uh, of moronic district attorney, Soros-funded district attorney. Uh, and he is being cheered on right now for indicting a police officer yesterday. So this cop uh, was, was basically involved in a situation in a, in a Manhattan Apple store in 2021. Alvin Bragg investigated this for two years two years and just brought an indictment against the cop for punching someone as he was trying to escort this person outside of the Apple store who was harassing people in the store and threatening to kill everyone. That, that's the world we live in. So even though we see, you know, deodorant locked up in, in cages uh, in Dwayne Reed, uh, the elected leaders who are actually in charge of prosecuting these people are completely on the side of the criminals. I mean, well, what is... Um, what justification? It's excessive force from the police officer. That's why he's bringing the indictment. Yeah, a third degree misdemeanor, the lowest charge possible you can bring uh, to to basically get the cop fired, uh, which is just again two years of an investigation, not of the person who's been a serial burglar and arrested numerous times for a host of crimes. And by the way, the Apple security guard just had a great story in the Post today. Uh, basically saying, I saw the whole thing. The DA's office didn't even ask me, and I'm the, the damn security guard, uh, and the cop did nothing wrong. Uh, and this is sort of, you know, the, the, the example du jour of the backwardsness of the majority of New York City. Why he's, is, he's why is Alvin Bragg, why is DA Alvin Bragg pro-criminal? Because that's really what it seems like. He's He thinks his job is to use the power he has to the greatest possible benefit of the criminal class in New York City. Why? Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing we could say about him and the most favorable thing I can come up with is that he was honest in telling us this is exactly who he is. And that's why this is such a problem, because the voters picked this. The voters didn't get, you know, they didn't get option B, and then suddenly behind door number two, some woke liberal came out. They got a guy who said, I am going to make sure the fewest number of people get put in jail. I am going to make sure the absolute fewest number possible uh, people who are convicted of a crime or plead to a crime get put in a New York City jail. Uh, And he's doing that. His day one memo basically said, here are the crimes we are no longer going to prosecute for. Now, downstream, two years, we're suddenly surprised, again, that, that you know, if you want to get lipstick, it's locked up in a, in, a, in, a, in a cage somewhere in your local supermarket, or that stores are closing and, 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 and bodega owners are getting charged criminally, cops are getting charged criminally, but not the regular people who are regularly committing these crimes. It's just remarkable to me. I, I would, 
I would have thought years ago, given what New York City went through, Joe, in the 90s, you were you were there, right? You were in Staten Island, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, given the the crime rate, which was truly uh, just heinous for people's day-to-day lives, all, all over the five boroughs, and then the turnaround during the Giuliani era, and just how much better it was for everybody once the city got cleaned up. And it's not that complicated. It's literally clean it up, like the streets, but also... Enforce the laws. How do we get to this place where New York, which was the case study of how to fix it all, decided to unfix it? You know, what is that? So this is by no means blaming the pandemic, because a lot of big cities in, in the country did not go through a similar thing. But the pandemic as the catalyst of acceleration for some of these problems absolutely happened. Because you even had, and you got to remember, Buck, you, you lived here during this time. You lived during the first term of the de Blasio administration. Uh, that was a pretty good time for New York. Mayor Bloomberg, who I disagreed with uh, on, on 20 different things a year, uh, at least kept the basic services and functionality of the city uh, under good management, and he should be commended for that. Uh, then you had the, the pandemic hit, and you had sort of the acceleration of seeing all the woke policies that were put into place, like bail reform uh, and, and all sorts of criminal justice reform, were actually playing out in quick time because people got arrested, people felt like they can get away with things, uh, and and sort of the, the the narrative arc of crime went so quickly. Now, other cities in in even blue cities and red states, those those came you know parabolic. The crime went up and the crime went down. In New York, we're just starting to see the crime going down, uh, largely because of the NYPD. The NYPD is making more arrests. I mean, lo and behold, right, what, what we always said, if, if we have more aggressive policing, uh, it'll lower crime. That is actually happening. The crime level is down. Um, but on the prosecution side and on the keeping people behind bars, I mean, this is just not happening. Bill de Blasio, in his last year, uh, did a press conference touting the fact that we had the lowest jail population on Rikers Island since World War II. If the crime rate was the same as it was in 1945, the number of violent felonies were the same as it was in 1945, we would be patting Bill de Blasio on the back saying, hey, heck of a job, buddy. But it wasn't. The crime was actually going up by then. Just the number of people who are criminals that were segregated from us through the criminal justice system was at its lowest point since 1945. So this is important. I feel like everyone should know that the in some of these places like New York where the Democrats or Democrat left is calling the shots and you got the Soros back prosecutors. It's actually not the police that are really the uh, the the weak point necessarily. Uh, it's often not the police at all. It's the prosecutorial arm of the local government, right? It's the decision what to charge and how long to hold them uh, in prison for the crimes they've committed. I want to come back, though, and talk about the economic side of things. Uh, the mayor, Adams, said that New York is full when it comes to illegal migrants. That's so strange because I thought we're a nation of illegal migrants now and we're supposed to think that they make everything better. We'll talk about this in just a sec. Take your energy and multiply it by two. That's how good and healthy and energy filled you're likely to feel when you subscribe to Chalk's Male Vitality Stack. This is an all natural set of supplements designed for everyday consumption and meant to provide you with the stamina, focus and energy to be your very best. Chalk's been at this for some time, making best in class supplements with a focus on allowing you to live your fullest days. Unlike a lot of supplement companies, they don't try to put them into retail stores, but instead build a direct relationship with you as you become a customer of theirs. They want to know about your experience and what else might help you. Start online today at chalk.com. Whether it's their male vitality stack product or their line of products for both men and women, you'll like the way you feel. Chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. 
Save 35% off any Chalk subscription for life when you use my name, Buck, at checkout. Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com, and use my name, Buck, for 35% off. So what happened to New York City is going to just take in all the all the huddled masses of abroad, right? Give me your tired, your poor, your, the thing on the, the poem, the Lazarus poem on the Statue of Liberty. That's what they always tell us about all the need for open borders. But now Adams is saying all full, too many illegals. What's going on? Yeah, it turns out poems don't pay the bills. Uh, so what I believe happened, and, and from my conversations, both with people in the Adams administration uh, and, and just sort of my own observation, is that he was more than willing to sort of carry the Democrats' water, be the poster boy of sanctuary cities. Uh, and when uh, the projections were going to be that it was going to be 5,000 people, uh, 10,000 people, you know, that that effect on our budget is, is like a fart in a breezy day. It wasn't going to have any impact. But now that we've had almost 100,000 people come through our system and over 50,000 people on, in, in, in our shelters nightly, in addition to our regular homeless shelter population, mind you, this is 50,000 uh, migrant uh, homeless population. Now the, the, the dollar amount is simply unsustainable. Not only is the dollar amount unsustainable, but the Adams administration can't actually find enough rooms to put people. Um, you know, they, they can't basically put tent cities wherever they want. Uh, there's no hotels that are uh, any longer willing to lease uh, space. Uh, and they're coming up on basically a hard stop of where they can put people. They're actually renting hotels outside of the city limits uh, in, in counties uh, on the island and, and in the Hudson Valley. But the number is insane. The number uh, in our last budget uh, that was unaccounted for, meaning it was migrant money that was not budgeted prior to the start of the fiscal year, was about $1.8 billion dollars. So to give the listeners a comparable, uh, $1.8 billion is more, more than we spend on the FDNY. FDNY has 10,000 firefighters, 5,000 EMTs, 300 firehouses, 5,000 ambulances, 24-hour rotations, people watching the city all day long. Uh, And yet the migrant crisis is actually costing more money than the largest fire department and EMS system in the country. It's simply bonkers. Uh, And now Adams is stuck between a rock and a hard place where they've, they've resorted to actually putting flyers out. I don't know if you've seen this, Buck. They're actually putting flyers out that they're sending to Texas and having people hand them out uh, at the, uh, at the uh, basically the, the, the centers that process people when they come across the border, telling them that New York's really expensive and there not, might not be a place for them to live. Uh, so that's how far we've, we've come from let me be the poster boy for sanctuary city policies to now he's attacking the Biden administration, rightfully, by the way, we're not paying for this problem that is caused 100% by the federal government's failure. Um, we, we're just on the hook uh, on being the world's refugee camp because of our own dopey politicians who decided to have not just a sanctuary city law, but a right to shelter law ingrained in our state constitution, which guarantees any person, which person is now defined as a migrant, uh, unlimited resources should they need them. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, just... You made just the right the- choice by leaving, Buck. I'm not going to lie <laughs> I, well, you know, I, I see now, where do all my tax dollars go? Recently, I saw, not only do you got the $1.8 billion going for illegals, but there's uh, this, this judgment that de Blasio set up this fund, right, for teachers that failed the test, who are black and Hispanic, who failed this uh, teacher certification exam. They're getting a million dollars, some of them $2 million, paying them for an entire career of work that they never did. They went off and did other jobs. But now, after 20 years, they get the full back pay for all 20 years and benefits because they failed the test of basic reading, math, and and teaching skills. Like, 
that's where my tax dollars are going as a New Yorker, or where they would be going, rather. That's where yours are going, Joe. Yeah, well, or the $13 million they just settled uh, with on uh, BLM protesters after George Floyd. So if you were arrested during the protest uh, and, and perhaps roughed up in, in the ensuing scuffle, or maybe you were held two hours too long, uh, they settled about $13 million with a whole bunch of defendants who, who felt they were wrongly arrested and, and wrongly detained. So, I mean, this is, this is the kind of city we live in where, where it just it, it is unsustainable. Uh, the New Yorker, which I, I'm sure you don't read because I don't really read it, uh, that often, but they came out with a really good article uh, yesterday about the crisis uh, involving New York real estate, both commercial and residential. And we are at the precipice uh, of a fiscal cliff. And, you know, I've been hyperbolic about this uh, in the past and maybe too much, though. But now we really are up against a very, very, very hard uh, a situation where banks may have to default uh, on lenders uh, and and uh, business uh, rather uh, building owners no longer have the ability to go to local banks to get refinancing on some of the largest buildings in New York City. This is this is actually a catastrophic event for New York that could be happening. How far off is that from becoming a reality at this point? Like, is this expected to happen in a matter of of you know weeks, months, years? I would say within a year or two, I mean, you'll start seeing some of the regional banks and, and lenders uh, who, who finance some of these smaller properties. Uh, you'll, you'll see it affected in their stock market price and some of the, uh, the issues in the market on them. Uh, then you'll see some of these. And, and, and Blackstone, a company, just handed back the keys uh, of their building because they couldn't refinance. I mean, so you're, you're starting to see the, the cracks in the dam. The dam hasn't cracked completely yet. The water isn't flowing. Um, but we're at the point now where you're starting to see major buildings get defaulted on or just the older the owners handing back the keys to, to the lending institutions i'm gonna come back and ask you joe if i made you the king of new york which arguably you are but if i made you the king of new york and you had to fix the place and you could just do whatever you needed to do to fix it to make it the greatest city in america which i think at least for a period of my life i lived in which i, I do believe it was for a while the greatest city in america I want to ask you how you'd fix it, given that you work in the city council, you know, the budgetary issues, the police and law enforcement issues, the sanitation, you know, I just want you to give me your your quick version of how you just make the city function uh, at its pos- at its absolute best. But we'll get to that in a second. One of my pillows, most popular products is now back in stock and at a great price. These are the Giza Dream Sheets, the bed sheets made with Giza cotton from a region in Egypt by the same name. These are some of the most comfortable sheets you'll ever experience. They're the kind of sheets that make getting out of bed difficult. They're ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable with a luxurious finish. Sets of these sheets are now priced as low as $29.98 when you use our names as your promo code. When you buy these on sale, you get 60 days to decide if they're not the most comfortable, cool sheets you've ever slept on, which they will be. But there's a 60-day money-back guarantee plus a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special Square, Check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. Remember, use our names, Clay and Buck, as your promo code. MyPillow.com, Clay and Buck as the promo code, or call 800-792-3269. Uh, Joe, how do you fix, you're the king of New York for a year. How do you fix the city? Well, it's interesting. It, it essentially would have been the Zeldin plan. Uh, you know, I was very close with, and still am with, with Lee Zeldin, and we ran a pretty good campaign uh, where he almost actually won. Uh, and became governor. Uh, his plan started with public safety, and so would mine. I mean, public safety is is, is paramount uh, to getting people back into their offices. By the way, people are not not going to offices in Manhattan because they don't want to. Because it's partially because they don't feel safe. 
So the first thing we have to do is repeal cashless bail. We have to re- repeal most of the criminal justice uh, 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 provisions that were voted on over the last 10 years. Uh, that said, we have to make real estate uh, valuable in New York City again. We have to make sure the industry is solid. Uh, and you do that by giving you know, old-fashioned tax breaks. The governor uh, and the legislature couldn't come up with a great agreement this year to extend some of the tax abatements uh, that a lot of these developers needed to continue building the skyscrapers and, and apartment buildings that New Yorkers need. So it's an interesting catch-22 where uh, on the finance side, we have to spur some growth. We also need to lower our business taxes. I mean, right now we're losing companies. Forget the people that are leaving, right? I, I might leave because the weather's nice. But J.P. Morgan just went to, to the Dallas metro because of the tax structure uh, and the business climate of, of Texas. So we'd have to reform that as well. You know, if, if we could do that. Uh, and I think we do. I, I really do think New York uh, is, is poised for the pendulum to start swinging back. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to happen in my, say, political lifetime. But I bet you by the time uh, I have grandkids, uh, New York will be in full swing again. It took You mentioned the 1990s before. Remember, crime was really bad in the late 70s, early 80s. And it took about you know five or six years for things to really level off uh, going into 99, 2000, 2001. What are the biggest areas of the city budget in new york that you're just like what the heck are we doing yeah i mean i, I would i would have to say the department of education i mean uh, our, our department of education and my wife's a teacher and, and and god bless the work that some of them do uh but we spend more per child than any other system uh, by far and i don't mean like we spend 10 percent more five percent we spend about triple what, uh, say, the private school systems here in New York spend on average. The Catholic schools, for example, educate a kid for about seven or 8000 a year in elementary school. We're up to $27,000, $29,000 per year. So that, that is the biggest vacuum uh, of city spending. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the, the age of some of our school buildings. We have you know, 1,200 school buildings in New York City. A lot of them are, are 100 years old. So there is going to be some capital needs uh, for, for keeping the system itself going. Uh, but this cost per spending is probably astronomical. Uh, and then you, you can look at any agency. I mean, the NYPD spends more money than North Korea, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we, we should cut that. Uh, so even though New York is so big, uh, we have to approach cuts with a scalpel. And by the way, you know, the, the budget growth of 1%, 2% a year uh, is falling in a city like New York that for the last 20 years was able to meet that with regular old growth. We haven't really raised taxes. Uh, taxes are high, but we haven't raised them. Uh, it's only recently with this migrant crisis uh, and sort of the out of control pension and liability uh, pension uh, and health care spending that that we've been put in this fiscal problem. I'm going to ask you to tell me a little bit of Staten Island history to close us out here in a second, Mr. Joe Burley, because Joe has, oh my written God. A, has written a book on the history of the great island known as the Staten. My understanding was that Staten Island is where the British like to hang out when they were trying to Crush George Washington and the Patriots. Oh, sure as heck. I mean, uh, so I'll give you two fun facts uh, about Staten Island history. And by the way, I wrote one book. But my publisher made it two books. So you can go on Amazon uh, and buy it. Oh. I get a book of books. So hopefully the audience uh, uh, buys a couple. But so fun fact about the American Revolution. If people like the show Turn, it was on AMC. It was a great show about the American Revolution and the spy network. That spy network really happened on Staten Island, and one of the main characters was Lieutenant Simcoe. He was the sort of the evil, uh, you know, uh, antagonist uh, of the show. If you're on the 11th tee at Lotteret Golf Course, it's a very high elevated tee on top of a hill. You're actually teeing off on top of a redoubt that was construction, uh, constructed by the British in 1777. Uh, so it's 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 a hundred year old berm that you're basically playing off your tee. 
And if you're playing at Silver Lake Golf Course uh, on the 18th fairway, you're actually trampling over the graves of 10,000 Irish and German people who were killed by typhoid fever and, and scurvy and, uh, and God knows what else uh, they brought with them over uh, as they came across the, the ocean to come to New York. Some macabre history for, uh, for New York City golf. What's the name of the book or the books? So Revolutionary Staten Island is the first one, and then Staten Island, the 19th century, is the second one. The first one's better. It's got more gore, more killing, stuff like that. Very good. Mr. Joe Borelli, the Sage of Staten Island, great to have you on, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you, Buck. Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, When you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I wanna confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.